What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Mentally Gone Daily. My name is Callie Lacerda. I'm Gabriella Lopes. And this is episode number 14. Today is January 20th already. Wow. It feels like everything's just moving at a, an ultra fast pace. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's already been three weeks in so the Janu- January. First month of January is out of here. Yeah. First month of January. The first month of 2023 is out of here. But crazy. The next months are going to be jam packed. Yeah. I just want to say that um, we apologize to all the listeners and all the mentally gone supporters. You know, like we haven't really been as consistent this month because of like personal issues that happened. And, um, we haven't been nearly as productive as we would like to be. And we hope to change that. We're going to try, not not try, but we're going to implement new strategies starting today. And hopefully they work. And hopefully we can turn this whole thing around. Then let's really, let's really manifest that, right? Like, let's manifest that. We're not no, just saying it. Like, let's work. speak it into existence, you know? That's funny you say that because I saw this TikTok um, earlier, uh, yesterday rather, about this guy basically doing a parody of the whole, the secret manifestation, law of attraction thing. And it's him just wearing this um, hat concoction thing that he just created. I saw that on your on your story. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm just going to play real quick because I think it's funny. If you guys just like hear it, and I just want to create that habit too of just like playing certain things on, on air, and one of the things that I didn't do on air was prepare my phone so that it's linked to the software that we use to record this podcast, so that I don't have to waste time right now explaining what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Killing, killing time. Yeah, I'm just killing time right now, trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to connect it really quickly. Fill okay. it in, fill in the gaps. I found it. So this is the video I saw. I owe the banks a lot of money, but little do they know, I just learned about manifestation. Now I'm going to get so much money, I don't need a job. Why? Because I can manifest. I don't need the old gods anymore. I answer to no one. Everything is mine, thanks to manifestation. Oh my God. Manifestation. So I just found that super funny because a lot of people believe that, you know, like a lot of people live their lives that way where they don't do anything and they just meditate and try to be mindful and think that by everything will like fall into their laps. Yeah, magically. It's like they'll own a Ferrari, they'll own the house, hey. their dream house that they want just by the power of manifestation alone, which isn't the case. But it has power when you couple it with effort and energy that you, you know. True. And then, but I was going to say that in some extreme cases, maybe someone like wins the lottery or, or like a stranger just, you know, you don't think that that's helps them out, like Mr. Beast going to Walmart. And then he's like, you follow me on TikTok. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, look at your show. And then he's like, here's a hundred thousand dollars and a new Tesla or something. And then it's like, oh my God, I've been manifesting this my whole life. Right. <laughs> which which to me is just it's just pure luck at that point. I know. I'm like, how come he's not at free my freaking Walmart? For once I'll actually go to Walmart. <laughs> Even if he was at 
at like a Walmart that I was in, I, I, w- I wouldn't be able to win that because I don't follow I Mr. Beast. I don't follow him either. I follow him on YouTube. If I'm going to a Walmart, I'll follow him right yeah. then and there. And then as soon as I leave, I'm going to unfollow and he'll be like looking like, yeah, that's where, did it, where did the follow go? Yeah. As soon as he hands me $10,000, I'll click unfollow. Yeah. Sorry, Mr. Beast. That's just how it works. Like he's using me for money and for clicks and I'll, and I'll use him for money and for <laughs> and just for money. For money and more money. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I don't want to consume like every other video is just like, so I trapped five people on an island for 24 hours with no food. And yeah. and then you click on the next video and it's just something similarly crazy and just uh, it's just too much. And and it's just always overstimulating too. Like his whole formula is about, you know, incessant, nonstop stimuli. Yeah, yeah. Like I camera I, cuts, quick talking, you know, every everything is very formulaic because he said that he studied YouTube for years and, and reverse engineered every popular video. What he's doing is definitely genius, you know, like yeah. from when he started to now. Right. The audience that he's been able to build, like being perhaps the biggest YouTuber, yeah. you know, <clears throat> but I will say like personally, I I feel like I don't know if it's like the age, like maybe I would have thought that was cool as a kid. I don't know, but I don't I just I don't really take his content. Yeah. You know, yeah, no, the way I, he might be delivering. I don't know. I can't consume a Mr. Beast video and then say that I love watching Mr. Beast videos. (laughs) I just can't do that because it's just too much for me. Uh, It's oftentimes very cringy, but I do understand the genius behind Mr. Beast. Like he definitely did something that nobody was doing and he innovated a whole industry. And now there's a bunch of copycats, you know, copying and pasting the same formula and all of them are also very successful so like that's an indication of of true success is when like it's undeniably uh it undeniably works to a point where anyone can replicate it yeah i think the whole like being over the top aspect of it yeah is what really gets people going it's it's always about money it's putting money in a thumbnail putting money in a title of a video and then actually uh doing what you promised and also giving away money you know it's yeah. this idea of like altruism because i think that all of us like to believe deep down inside that we all have traits of mr beast in us and that and that if we had the conditions to do so we would be walking around handing out ten thousand dollars to people who need it the most but i, I feel like that's also very deceptive because I, I i bet you 70% of the people who think that way, if they actually had those conditions, they would not do that. Yeah, probably not. And if you really think about it, sure, like he does his philanthropy. I'm not hating and I, and I know like and I know that I sound like a salty hater right now, but looking at it objectively from like a strategic standpoint, he does what he does and he gains from it as well. No, for sure. So by giving away $10,000, he probably makes 10x that on that video of him giving $10,000. And then he reinvests that into his own infrastructure. And he said that his goal is to be a billionaire. And so sure, like he always displays himself as being a maximum minimalist, which I think is very contradictory to what he's actually doing in the real world. Like his whole brand is centered around money 
and just superficial um, items and things and just giving away cars and giving away products. So he claims to be a minimalist, but then he just uh, permeates this idea of the opposite of being a minimalist like into the world. Value around like... Objects, um, right? And, materialistic things, right? Monetary means. So, if it was like giveaways of like I don't know, <laughs> why don't you go give away some, some freaking books to a school or something? Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. Know. Which I don't know. Which he probably does too. <laughs> but to my point is that he those those I videos, guess that he he has to play the game in order to change the game. So like that's his genius is that. He's doing what he's doing, but he also has his philanthropic um, organizations where he just gives away food and and he like donates meals. I don't know how many thousands or or hundreds of thousands of meals he has donated already, but he helps a lot. But he gets that money and is able to do that through this superficial world, you know, like doing things that everybody likes to see, you know. Right. And you have to take into account his audience, which is what I said. Like, I don't know if it's my age or what, but there's like, it doesn't appeal. Yeah, he does. He has a huge audience across all the age ranges. But I feel like I um, that's why I'm saying like me looking at it as a 20 something year old. I'm like, I don't know how other 20 something year olds or 30 year olds or 40 year olds could watch multiple of these yeah. You know, and and actually be like, I don't know, like fan obsessive over it. it like in comparison to thinking about like teenagers or right. younger kids, you know, consuming the shit out of his videos. Yeah, I think it's a lot like the whole Jake Paul uh, 10 house <laughs> or house 10 or something like that. I don't even know what that is. Logan Paul with the Maverick mindset. I think that you always try to appeal and you do what you can to kind of pulp the money you need in the beginning, but then eventually you transition into who you actually want to be and who you wanted to be from the start, mm-hmm. which is what I think a lot of these YouTubers have done. Even even more um, more contained, I'd say, and, and more like off the radar YouTubers who are still huge, gigantic YouTubers like... Um, markiplier pewdiepie pewdiepie yeah yeah they they live in this area now which i find very enviable like i envy that space you know like it's that space of just being able to do whatever you want because you're beyond comfortable and you do what you want and you're not really like preoccupied with like views as much as you once were you know right you're creating solely for the for the joy right yeah for the joy of just occupying yourself with a profession because i because i feel like a lot of people have this misconception too that oh if i make a hundred thousand uh hundred million dollars i'm never going to work again or or if i make 10 million dollars i'm never going to work a day in my life again i promise you that that's not going to be the case yeah no for because sure. humans need to work like we're work machines and 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 that's just in our dna if you don't work then you're going to fall into a deep depression you're going to get super just super sad i feel you know because like you have to constantly be working towards something otherwise life has no meaning right right that does make sense and i think that that's when like rich people just become very miserable and unhappy because like they find meaning in just purchasing things you know but then like there's no strive (laughs) or struggle towards those purchases yeah that that's what i think about too like those like look at all the billionaires quote unquote 
that have already made it but right. they're they're still going like they'll keep going until they drop dead just like elon musk for example you know right like he could he could call it quits now but he like yeah. he's constantly like driving towards something larger it's just part of who he is and i think it's part of life too like you have to have that mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons why like artists like drake for example who could also retire if he wanted to like he's just continuing and just keeps going you know a better example is eminem eminem yeah who, who could have called it you know yeah and who kind of should have called it too <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he should have yeah. called it but like he's still creating despite maybe his works aren't doing as well as his obviously his masterpieces and classics of the early 2000s but he's still making music because he likes to yeah out of the love out of the sheer love of the art you know yeah and he's been experimenting too um which is what i really respect about him is that he experiments unapologetically mm -hmm. so his albums and his recent tracks may not be for everybody and people will always compare his like newer works uh his 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 more recent works to his newer newer to his, to his older, older works work. yeah <laughs> yeah um but you know like he he's always going to be a prisoner of that comparison but i just like how he basically tries to just funnel out all that noise and just focus on creating and just experimenting and and pushing himself to like new limits and trying new cadences trying new rhyme schemes you know it's just always perfecting his craft and just understanding it better yeah i haven't heard his music re like lately to know what it sounds like a hundred percent but yeah from the things that i've heard i'm like oh is he still using that same like godzilla is it that song that it's that's like that godzilla is the last one that i actually enjoyed what was that listening on to kamikaze or something that was on i think kamikaze or songs to be murdered to or something like that i didn't even know he had another one yeah and oh then i think as like a newer newer album which i don't really know honestly he's almost 50 there's no way when was he born 1972 i think he is 50 you know he's 50 now yeah Oh shit, look, speaking of Eminem, I just saw that he released Curtain Call 2. What? <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, what? Oh wait, no, but I see like a bunch of, no, no, no. So Curtain Call 2 is just a mashup of his older songs because I see, um, I see Berserk here. I see, the, I see Not Afraid, Rap God, um, Godzilla. So it's just a compilation, which by the way, putting my conspiracy cap back on the cover art for this one for for this playlist i guess is eminem with the horn symbol right no. on his forehead covering one eye that's crazy look i'm gonna pass gabriella the phone wow and he released this yeah so like that's his playlist his cur curated playlist i guess of his favorite songs he's ever done i wonder what the numbers symbolize yeah like he has three three two these numbers they they have to have meaning so that'll be something we look into yeah so this was a great example of what we b briefly talked about on on multiple lives on instagram and tiktok because people often ask us like doesn't it get tiring to always view things from a conspiracy lens and our no. answer is yes 
No. Oh, no? It doesn't get tiring? Not for me. Now it's just like it's almost second nature that I, you know. No, right. I guess tiring isn't the word because we both do it seamlessly because like we're, just like you said, it's like a second nature thing. But to me, I meant like, doesn't it get um, tiring to, to just see conspiracy all the time? Yeah, yeah. So, so to me, I think it's important to always be able to like separate those two things and to be able to view things like music, for example, as an art form and try to understand and criticize it using the tools within that medium mm-hmm. versus using tools uh, of a conspiracy theorist. Yeah, see that I like I I get exactly what you're saying. But what's crazy is I don't think I can ever go back. Like, I don't think that I can ever, like, objectively separate, like, art from my theorist side. I could do that. Like, if I watch a movie and there's, like, a blatant symbol of something that might go over other people's heads, like, there's no way that I'm going to look at the movie other than that. Because that's just, like, where, what, what perspective, like, perception that I've adapted now right like second nature it's intuitive it's hard to you know un undo it. it yeah i think that the solution to that is by realizing for example that there is such thing as music theory there there are people that go to school and college to like study music so by understanding that that fact you can then like turn that switch on in your head where you address things using that theory if that makes sense it's like using music theory to analyze albums and then you also turn on your conspiracy theory switch and then and then you use conspiracies to analyze albums so it's like making that distinction but i think that both are necessary though Mm -hmm. because you know yeah no for sure i i just feel like I, i i don't think i've experimented recently to know like how i'll like I haven't really heard anything new outside of what I've already been listening to for a while now. Yeah, me too. And so I'll just have to see. Like, who knows? I might listen to a Michael Jackson album, and then all I see is like symbolism. I'm like, yeah. what's going on? Maybe. <laughs> but 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 I do think like there is a way to turn it off. You just literally, like, quite literally, have to reach inside of your own brain and do it kind of thing yeah it's a it's an ongoing effort for sure mm-hmm. with that being said uh do you want to jump into a few voicemails? voicemails yes yes all right so let's play the first one uh this voicemail was sent on december 7th 2022 let's see what's up hi my name is laura I just recently started watching your guys' podcast, and I've been to a lot of episodes today. Uh, I just finished the episode about Balenciaga, and throughout the episode, I noticed the theme was that kids are in danger or they are being in danger in the media and whatnot. So you guys mentioned Doctor Strange and Thor, and that sparked this idea. I was curious what you guys know about kids' TV shows having subliminal messages, hinting suicide and trauma to brainwash children. Also, TV shows in general, like The Simpsons, predictions, 9-11 messages and predictions before it actually happened. My thought is that they are trying to get people prepared for something large in society, like world events, 
and possibly that's what they're doing in kids' TV shows to get them prepared for something large that's going to happen worldwide later in their life. So let me know what you guys think about that. Anyway, thanks for listening. I love y'all's vibe. All right, Laura. Thank you. That was a great voicemail. Um, She did leave another one uh, a few days later. And I just want to, before I play this one, I just want to apologize for not getting to your first one sooner. Mm -hmm. But now we'll just play her second one and then we'll just address both of them together. Okay. Hi, my name is Laura. Um, I just want to start off by saying I love your guys' podcast. You guys are super chill to just listen. And I recently discovered you guys and just binged a lot of your podcasts the whole day. Something I wanted to see if you guys ever talked about, maybe you have, but chemtrails. I actually walked outside my house this morning and I saw two very large, very distinct chemtrails. I was wondering if you guys believed in the conspiracy theory or knew anything about it, but there's actually a news clip of a a news reporter. He's an old Marine and he was talking about cloud patterns and how there's something called chaff that is basically small aluminum and plastic that military aircraft actually drop. So I want to know what you guys think about it. Bye. Thanks for listening. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, she so, she had some great voicemails. She's on it with the conspiracies, by the way. So shout out to Laura. Hi, Laura. And thank you so much by, uh, for binging our podcast. Again, like this is always just very strange in the <laughs> yeah, best way never possible. Yeah, I understand it. Yeah, like why in the world would you waste time with two nutheads like us, you know? Like why me? <laughs> why me? Why? 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 <laughs> uh, thank you so much again. Um, so, so she touched on a bunch of things she said she um, talked about you know children being brainwashed and using mass media to manipulate people from a very young and susceptible and malleable age which is a hundred percent the case i agree with that i think that that's what happens is that they try to brainwash especially through trauma and traumatizing events and depictions on tv cartoons movies um the simpsons deserves their own full episode of the of the video podcast because like then we'll show images and stuff that we find but they've predicted a lot of stuff including 9-11 100 percent i agree with that one trump's as well presidency yeah trump's presidency um the queen something about the queen of england so we're gonna have to like brush up on that and just prepare like a whole show for it and what else do we see here? Hold on, guys. Uh, worldwide later. Yeah, so that was her first email. And then her second one, her second voicemail was about chemtrails. I don't I don't know if you know anything about chemtrails. I don't know much about chemtrails, surprisingly, from a theorist like myself. So the idea of chemtrails is very simple. It's that... Before you, know, you say, can I take a guess? Does it have to do with, like, extraterrestrials? No. Oh, okay. Or is it... Some, oh, never mind. I don't know what I was thinking. So the idea is that, like, when you look up at the sky during the day and you see those streaks of, uh, of like, cloud, like I, not clouds... I but, do know what it is from, like, the fighter jets and stuff. Yeah. Those are, like, chemtrails, quote-unquote, right? Like, that when, when you see, like, that big, dark streak... Yeah, well, well, that's just like a normal airplane streak. But the theory is that those those streaks that that stay in the sky 
they are injected with like chemicals that are used to drop on the population. And then we breathe in those chemicals and it does something to our brains. It does something to our cognition, our consciousness, and that the government uses chemtrails to secretly dose the population of a country, of a city, of a town, of a state, so that they have certain reactions and are more malleable to certain things. So she stated, for example, plastics. Yeah, Is microplastics, right? Right. So so microplastics, nanoplastics, like you breathe that shit in and you don't even know, but then your body just fills up with plastics and then you get cancer. And so that's the whole idea, I guess, behind chemtrails. I'm not very well versed in it. Um, I would have to do thorough research in order for us to like maybe discuss it on like a whole podcast. But like that's a great topic as well, you know? Yeah, that's really interesting. I was thinking, what was the thing that I was thinking of with extraterrestrials where... It's like the crop fields and then they leave. Oh, yeah. That's what I was thinking of for a second. But then I put two and two together and I realized. Those are super interesting, too, because a lot Uh, of ancient, a lot of ancient civilizations would carve out shapes on the ground, large shapes that could be viewed from space. hmm. So if you think about like ancient Mayan, Peru, it's like ancient civilizations in general, they would always have this focus on carving these huge messages on the ground, using the ground, and just drawing these perfectly symmetrical shapes and lines that could be viewed from space today. They're called crop circles, right? Yeah, crop circles, uh, crop shapes. Oh, okay. And that in of itself is very strange, you know, because you're you're creating this piece of art, this language, this communication tool, but... It's, it serves the purpose of being viewed from space. So who yeah, are you why? communicating with? Yeah, mm-hmm. That's crazy. I wanted to say something about the... Well, I, I want to address like her both of her voicemails because they were both interesting. But, but we did talk about like Thor and... Um, Doctor Strange. And Doctor Strange and like the, you know, putting kids in danger and like the whole, you know, uh, I guess quote-unquote satanic aspect of of like movies and shows yeah and i don't doubt that kids shows like specifically made for children also have these types of messages in them you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying like popular ones we obviously know that spongebob does you know spongebob does so i could just imagine that they're all like flooded with like symbolism and little subliminal messages and then the the second thing i wanted to say about the chemtrails is we we should talk about that because we can even talk about like microplastics why why like water bottles for example are like such a huge selling point Mm -hmm. you know for households and we're ingesting every time we drink water from those water bottles. We're ingesting microplastic. Hundred percent. So filling it's, yourself up with good old plastic. It's super crazy when you 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 don't really realize until you start like paying attention to these things. But I don't put anything past the government, like making us ingest all yeah. kinds of things that'll make us terminally ill, that'll make us die sooner, or whatever the case is. And I think it's very fitting, too, because we live in the most plastic and superficial society Yeah. Uh, in, in, like, history, you know? Like, it's the most plastic, 
um, people and trends and beliefs and values. So the, the fact that we are plastic human beings being filled with plastic, living in a plastic world surrounded by plastic things. <laughs> Sounds like Barbie. <laughs> yeah. It's like we're, we're literally living in this like mini simulation that, that somebody just is, is having fun controlling and just experimenting with, you know? Yeah. We're, we're just puppets. Yeah. Everybody's a puppet. This world. Not me though. Yeah. I'm breaking out of the matrix. <laughs> Gotta break out of the matrix. And Laura, you're breaking out of the matrix too. Yeah, so she welcome. has broken out already. It seems like she's on it. You know. Welcome to being mentally gone. Yeah. And th thanks for calling and leaving a voicemail. It's always really nice to hear people like talking about listening to us. I I I'll never believe it. Like because of my own, you know, insecurity and stuff. Like I'll never come to come to what's the word i'm looking for uh, come to face with like that being the reality that people are out there listening yeah. to us binging it's definitely hard to believe i'll never believe it <laughs> it could be like a million people in a room telling me and i won't believe it i'll be like yeah, yeah right <laughs> like why would you listen to me like i i stutter i barely get cohesive ideas across at times oh yeah you're talking about me <laughs> no 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 me no no it's me yeah i'm like that uh anyways so let's jump to the next one let's go what's next hey you guys um this is Regan farida i started watching you guys actually the day that your tiktok got acquisitioned by some weirdo and um, I saw your live video. I had like binge watched a bunch of your episodes on Instagram and I think you guys are really rad. Um, I just, I, I wanted to say that I'm really glad that you got your account back. Congratulations. And today I was watching episode 34, it's December 7th. Um, and it was really, really cool um, seeing someone else's point of views on the uh, Balenciaga campaign and everything like that. I think you guys did an amazing job on that. And um, as far as, like, a crazy story or conspiracy that I, I think would be really cool if you haven't already gone over it would be um, the national parks and, like, the cave systems and, like, how people are disappearing and just, like, how, I don't know, I'm just super icked and creeped out about it. Um, and it would be, I don't know if you've already done an episode, I'm still a newbie here, Um it's been a couple of months of me watching you guys and you're really enthralling. I think you do a great job, but I think that topic would be super, super, super interesting. So just a little food for thought there. Um, also something on like the food industry. I'm a, um, I'm going to be a registered dietitian in less than a year, God willing. Um, so like just touching upon like a bunch of the um, conspiracies going on with like the food industry and like, you know, I heard some crazy stuff about, like, fast food restaurants and, like, cannibalism and stuff. Like, you know, it's still a conspiracy theory. And, like, you know, I can't obviously say this stuff to clients, but it's just still so fascinating to hear about all the different angles and sides to a conspiracy. Um, but anyway, keep up the great work. I'm so glad that you guys are back. I knew you would be. Um, have a good day. Bye. Wow. Thank you. That was a great, great, great voicemail uh 
I don't know if I got her name right. It's Farida, she said? Yeah. Farida. Okay. So thank you so much, Farida, for sending this voicemail in. Uh, best of luck with your journey. No, you are going yeah. to be a registered yeah. dietitian. It's not God willing. You will be. Yeah. Just put that, you know, just well, put that work in. Also God willing, but you, yeah. but you will be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, but that's super interesting, though, how you're you're in school right now obviously and you're studying everything and and you're just deeply in like deeply immersed in that universe and you still have time to like contemplate these conspiracy theories that some people may deem to be outrageous you know right. like how are fast food restaurants ever gonna serve human meat to people you know but i think that's actually one of my favorite conspiracy theories is the fact that that's how they could afford super cheap foods you know like who knows what's in that mystery meat mm-hmm. because that's what it is to me it's just mystery meat so where are you sourcing this meat from um how are you managing to make it so cheap how are you managing to you know like i, I don't know it's just sus another thing and and i i i'm only saying this because it was in the news but i think it was in new york someone spotted behind like a chinese restaurant that they were like disposing of like cat corpses and stuff right chinese restaurants have been infamous for using rat meat and for for using using anything other than chicken yeah um which i don't know but obviously there's that huge like dog festival i don't know in what country so i'm not gonna even say but the festival where they literally have like dogs caged up yeah and, and then killed. they and then they eat them yeah um uh, but, it's so sad man because i could never see myself partaking in that specifically you know if they can get away with that listen anything can be fda approved if it has at least 50 percent of chicken let's say you could pass it as chicken right that's you why. know like that's the that's the whole like little trick that the fda yeah. pulls over you it's like it's not they're not a hundred percent like um clear with or or clean even. Yeah, yeah clean yeah it's all that's why everybody and their mother has their own like supplement brand nowadays because it's not that hard for you to get stuff approved you know and the best way to cut corners when you're trying to compete in a hyper competitive environment is by you know cutting corners unfortunately on the quality of the product itself and Mm. of the ingredients in that product so instead of giving someone like a hundred percent pure whatever and those products do exist but they often their price tags are the price exactly but the price the price reflects it Mm -hmm. yeah reflects the you know attaining of that ingredient which is why i don't think it's far-fetched to think that fast food restaurants with their super low prices are using subpar ingredients that could could teeter on that line of um of just you know like whether or not it's questionable meat or whether or not it's human meat or whether or not it's whatever type i of don't meat. know but when i eat mcdonald's i'm honestly like i yeah. can't i i it's been so long since i've had a mcdonald's burger mm-hmm. but from the last time that i had it i just can't understand how people like it like right. it does not talk like speak to me another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because look, oh, go, 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 go before go, you lose it. Go, I'll not lose it. Go, I'll not, I'll not lose I'll, it. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. Uh, because cause if you think about it, right, let's say for a second that the, the conspiracy theory that um, there is this like small group of individuals who run everything, be it BlackRock, Vanguard or State Street or even something even more elusive and mysterious that we never know of and we won't ever discover or even hear about. Let's say that there's this group of individuals or this one person that runs everything. If that's how the world is architected and the whole world is a stage, just like Shakespeare said, and everybody just changes their masks and puts on different costumes and just plays different roles, then it would make a lot of sense that these key restaurants and these key suppliers of food for the mass population are the ones that retain power and they retain this um immunity immunity is what i meant to say um from 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 being exposed from being do you you get what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. so like mcdonald's taco bell all these you know hyper successful brands it would make a lot of sense if these if this small group acquired them secretly and now they control these restaurants and use them as channels to give people human meat right because cannibalism is a capital sin right like it's like one of the main do nots in the bible i guess you know like Mm -hmm. you 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 shouldn't eat human flesh period and so maybe by having the whole world because i think i think most people have tried mcdonald's taco bell but if you give people like every person on the planet or as many as you can to eat human meat, then automatically maybe that that makes everybody ineligible to go to heaven or something like that. Mm. And and maybe that already makes everybody like go directly to hell. So that would be the agenda. Right, like, right. Mm. And then I'm not and I'm not even a religious person. Like I don't even know if I believe in heaven or, or hell, you know. Um, but maybe that's what it is, or maybe they just want to fill you up with negative energies and, and just have your spirit just weighed down by these acts that that tarnish your spirit or that, you know, contaminate it. And and that's why like like monks, for example, they don't even consume meat because the life of the animal that you're consuming, depending on whether their life was was uh what's the word like traumatizing or if it wasn't that that'll you're ingesting that so in turn you're getting that trauma that that you know you're getting like the energies of it i feel and then that's why they don't consume meat for example because it's a risk yeah but 
if you're consuming if you're consuming meat and and animal products from animals who are raised in a in like a pasture raised environment open field you know regenerative uh very good lifestyle then you you won't feel that like emotional or spiritual weight right. i feel which everything you said is exactly what people recommend before you uh, partake in an ayahuasca ritual they recommend that you don't consume any animal products a week or two leading up to the ceremony because of that exact reason because if you eat a chicken you're going to be consuming not only its meat but you're going to be consuming its trauma and its emotional baggage and its spiritual baggage that's crazy and so you you want to go into that experience as pure and clean as you possibly can and so like you literally have to do like a strict vegetarian diet or or vegan diet leading up to the ayahuasca ritual and and that's interesting too because if you think about it i feel like the united states has the highest percentage of people who are depressed yeah for sure you know and and a big culprit of that could be the diet because in other countries you know the the diet's not as I think that Greenland is the highest percentage of suicides. Oh, really? Yeah. It's like one of those um, countries where they only get sunlight for a certain amount of time in the year and then it's all dark for, for, like, for the rest of the year. But, but I recently saw this video of this YouTuber who traveled there and he was like, he spent some time with one of the residents and he kind of got like these, in, these crazy insights. But apparently like that's the case because it's a small population that lives out there because it's super cold and almost in inhospitable. But it's a small group. But of that small group, a lot of them commit suicide because it's just this mundane, routine lifestyle that nothing changes. There's there's no prospect of growth or betterment. And that's one of the, the things that I believe also that justifies why communism will never be valid or a possible solution to capitalism because like people need capitalistic um characteristics because it aligns with our own dna and our own innate necessities you know to like grow and build things and conquer things Mm, yeah that makes sense so like that's another interesting video if you guys want to watch it i don't remember what the title is but i'm pretty sure it's either iceland I, i i don't think it's iceland i i think it's greenland so it's like greenland uh spending time in greenland or some shit like that if you type that into youtube it'll probably pop up i i just still feel like i guess it's because i live here but i still feel like the highest like depression rates like mental mental you know illness or mental health issues yeah yeah is highest here but i could be wrong yeah no no for sure like there is a high rate absolutely uh the name of the video for anybody out there who wants to watch it it has three million views on youtube um it's a it's a nice quick 10 minute video Uh, it's called i visited the most suicidal town in the world greenland it's by luke corns corns it's corn yeah it's corn (laughs) uh so it's just very interesting you know because because then suicide becomes the solution and it becomes even like the way of life. It's just, you know, like one person, I think that the person that he was spending time with in Greenland had lost, I think all of his friends, all of his family to suicide. 
That's so crazy. And it's just a normal thing. It's like you just wake up and then you get a call that so-and-so is no longer here because they hung themselves. They jumped off of something, you know? You you know what, though? There are studies about, like, people who are nocturnal. So let's say you're someone who works a night shift because there are people who work throughout the night hours and then sleep all throughout the day until their next shift at night. I do that sometimes. Right, but <laughs> but those people are more susceptible to feeling mentally, like, their mental health is, like, not, will will be more susceptible, obviously, to being um i don't know the word i'm looking for being depressed right depression rates are higher in people who who are awake during during hours that are not daylight versus hours that are and i can attest to that because i feel that every time i pull an all-nighter if i'm editing if i'm trying to record content or if i'm doing anything anything like that i will feel miserable when i wake up at like 10 a.m., 12 p.m., 2 p.m., mm-hmm. you know, like I'll feel beyond miserable because I feel like genetically and it probably dates back to our ancestors. Like that's just our lifestyle is that you wake up at 5 a.m. biological clock at the time. It's just that now we're just being bombarded with screens and everything is just fucking up our whole biological clock. So we don't even know where, like what north is, what south is when it comes to that. But when we didn't have all of that stuff and life was much simpler, we we would all wake up at 5 a.m., 6 a.m., you when know, the at the crack of dawn. Rising. Mm-hmm. Right. At the crack at, at the crack of dawn. And then you would start settling in and going to sleep when the sun went down after you would gather around the fireplace or or, or the what's it called? The fire the bonfires. Bonfires, cooked your meal, ate, and then you would go to sleep. Yeah. So it would be around like 7, 8 p.m. And then you would repeat that cycle. And believe it or not, you would probably get eight to 10 hours of sleep. Right. Which which what's funny to me is that in our modern society, it has become this like revolutionary thought to get eight hours of sleep. It's like people write books and and people have master classes now of just like talking about in depth why you should be sleeping eight to 10 hours of, uh, of sleep per night. Because I'm sure that majority of people aren't, you know. Yeah. Um. But what's interesting too is that they'll 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 like say, oh, don't don't eat before bed, or don't you know, don't be on your phone because it's emitting blue light. Yeah. And then meanwhile, just like you said, our ancestors years and years and years ago, for them it was something so simple, like you said, as soon as the sun was going down, it's yeah. like okay, time to wrap it up. No more activity and we we better get home. Like can't keep hunting because the sun's going down and then eat and that's it. Yeah. And their day would end and then their day would only start as the sun was rising. Right. Because because the whole idea is to get as much as you can done during daylight. During the hours. Yeah. The hours that are visibly, you yeah. know, that that's visible outside. Which going back full circle is why, to your point, it uh, it definitely fucks up your brain because if your brain is thinking wait but like why are we doing all this work when we should be sleeping right now you know and then when you sleep during the day maybe on a subconscious level your your mind is telling you like you're a fucking loser because you should have been hunting Mm -hmm. and because you're not hunting we're gonna feed your body these chemicals now 
that will imitate how you should feel for not having hunted. I I think that's definitely it. Like it it can't associate why you're why you're awake and and everything's dark outside and yeah. you can't see anything. Like I do think that there are like certain brain functions and certain you know. Yeah. I almost forgot we didn't talk about the thing that she mentioned about um, Frida about missing people. What what is? She? Oh, uh, she yeah yeah. So that's another thing that we're gonna look into. I think I've heard it, in like passing, like very briefly. Um, I've I've heard of like the national parks and how they're like a they have like these secret underground tunnels that are, that are even used to facilitate human trafficking and the trafficking of people who go missing. So a lot of people they go hiking alone in these you know national go on parks. A run. Yeah, and then they just mysteriously go missing. So people also add other conspiracy theories like skinwalkers, which are these um, hybrid yeah. human being uh, creatures, whatever that kill you and drink your blood and just whatever. Um, so that's that's also a very good idea so we appreciate you um yeah oh no go go no, go go i'm done oh no i i only do that so that you know like that i have a point after but um i was gonna say that my the, the patient that was in my brother's room in physical therapy he mm. was saying that there was like some i i would have to see my text but my phone is dead right now but um that there was like missing kids in idaho or something mm -hmm. or there's like there's like something going on now recently that's been in the news and it's like i don't know if it was idaho but that's something that he said would be really interesting for us to talk about because he was actually listening to our podcast yeah and apparently like our Denver airport one, like he was cracking up the whole time because maybe he thought it was like a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. But that's that's expected, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little especially from people who are like a little bit older too. Yeah, they're like, Oh, these kids. Yeah. yeah these rotten but, kids. But hey, we might be on to something. Come on. <laughs> Don't <laughs> Yeah. I think we're on to something. But yeah, speaking of on to something, uh, do you have anything else to say mm -mm. before we wrap it up? So we're going to be wrapping this one up a little bit uh, sooner than, than we usually do, but it's still like 50 minutes roughly. Um, just because today we're going to try to record a video podcast. We're um, going to do it. Manifestation. Yeah. And one thing that I just want to quickly state here is that we've been having a lot of anxiety when it comes to recording those and i think that a lot of it comes from this idea that we have to have like multi-layered like multiple topics in one episode and that becomes very overwhelming because both of us are uh, perfectionists to a fault and we want to research as much as we can and be as prepared as we can for these multiple topics but then what ends up happening is that we just become very reliant on script on script reading and we just get confused and we forget stuff and so it becomes just very overwhelming so my point being is that we will experiment with just focusing on one topic per podcast episode so like per conspiracy podcast that's available on YouTube and 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 everywhere else it's going to be like one topic. But in depth. In depth. So it, it like even if it's like a recent thing, like we may mention it on the fly if it if it happened recently and it just happened to coincide with us already recording one that we have prepared. So if it's like a recent like in the news thing, we will um, 
say that we will dedicate a future episode for that. And I feel like if we do this, then it becomes easier to record. It becomes easier than to edit and to have it posted quicker. And who knows, like maybe we'll get to a point where we do more than one episode per week and and we eventually get comfortable with the idea of doing like two or maybe even three. And another thing that I, I briefly want to mention is that maybe we'll experiment with the format being a little different. So as you guys could tell, like by our video episodes, it's a constant switching between cameras. And maybe what I'll do is I'll just get both cameras and just like do like a split screen thing in the video version because like that cuts my editing time down to like like less than half yeah so all like all i have to do is just align everything and then i can export it and have it out quicker to you guys so if we could do that then i could easily see us you know just doing twice a week or even more because there's no like editing time at all so versus like spending four to six hours editing one podcast it could just be brought down to like two hours total doing everything that's what i was gonna say too like i know that we haven't been the most consistent obviously but i feel like also we don't we've we haven't even yet like established a uh routine quote unquote like like outside of mentally gone yeah right so like we don't have like other people have a routine like they wake up in the morning they have a morning routine and whatever else and like they have these like healthy habits established and so this is just like another thing that they do in their day right and i feel like for us like as soon as well i don't know about you but sometimes as soon as i wake up i'm already stressing about what we have to do for immensely gone for the day right so the first thing i think about when i wake up isn't even like taking care of myself or whatever else like i automatically wake up with like an, an ounce of anxiety like okay like today has to be the day that we record that we do this like yeah. you know and i already enter that space because you know and i feel like with time it'll you know normalize itself but it's what you said it's like about being a perfectionist and then we end up like stalling the content that we want to do because of out that. of fear of not living up to a certain standard right that that we ironically set for ourselves because from all the feedback that we got that that we get and and that we have gotten people seem to love what we do right and but just like we said before it's it's kind of unbelievable and it's just hard to like wrap our heads around that and to even take it into account and so what prevails always is just that negative voice in our heads and what you what you said makes sense too about like waking up and then entering that space of anxiety you know it's like fuck it's like we have to like today has to be a productive day because these other days have not been but i feel like we should all like the normal healthy thing is just to feel that once and then every other day is just a result of consistency so our problem is that we feel that and we keep entering that space every single day yeah because because we always keep procrastinating and then we chalk it up for the next day you know? yeah and and it's demotivating yeah. like we're essentially well for me like i definitely demotivate myself because i'm like oh i didn't record anything yesterday so watch i'm probably gonna go to another day not not doing it again yeah, you know that's how i feel too and and it's like like again mental health in america or anywhere in the world like everywhere in the world it's like it's something that's 
yeah. not 100% figured out. And it's something it's something that I feel like there is no cookie cutter formula yeah, to, to solve it or to help like guide you through it. Um, and I think that it's something that's like trial and error that you just learn yourself over time. And maybe having a psychiatrist or a psychologist helps. But I do think that it's like, you know, a process that you do in like solidarity yeah, for the most part. And it's all about establishing habits, you know, like be it be it work habits and and or personal life habits like it's about establishing healthy habits for all facets of your life and so i want to get to a point where creating will just become a habit versus this like huge project that i have to prepare and i have to perfect all the time and every single time so it just becomes a habit there will be episodes where it won't be as great and i just have to teach myself that that's okay you know instead of thinking like how do i one up the last episode and how do i make it even better every single time because it's just super exhausting you know and instead you should just really accept the fact that people love the, the like love 80 percent of 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 this thing of this product that you're creating and so just try to sustain those 80 percent instead of trying to, to multiply by 10 and get 800 percent next time and yeah. then eight thousand percent because like then you're just gonna burn yourself out super quickly, and 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 I I feel like the the stress of like because because all that we do is content creating like we don't have side jobs or anything like that like this is what we do yeah and and then the whole perfectionism thing when for you I'm sure specifically like making clips that people will find enjoyable is like a super stressful aspect so. When we do sit down for the podcast, that's something that's on our mind right. the whole time. It's like there has to be a part in this where we it's are clippable. able to make it into a clip so that our audience, like they're following us for a reason. And it's for these clips that, you know, on yeah. Instagram and TikTok, for example, they're following us to get these clips that we put this work into. And so that's always like on the back of our mind. And I feel like that's what makes me stutter more ironically and what makes yeah. me like get more in my head because I'm like, oh, like I have to be quick in my speech or else yeah. people are going to say I'm slow or whatever else people say, which I find funny. Like, I really don't care. My right. my me and my whole family, we all speak alike. We say and whatever. And, they you know, really do, yeah. at the you end of every sentence, <laughs> like <laughs> we all talk exactly like we talk in slow speech patterns and, and I'm cool with it. Like I, I, I like to think I'm a sloth. I'm fun. I'm slow. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, my whole point is that like there there's so many aspects that like really get you into your head. And I think that as we go we'll start make like doing it more for fun which is what we're doing it for it's which just, is what we we started doing it right as. it's just that it gets it gets like op, um what's the word like obfuscated obfuscated yeah, by, the by the pressure and the standards that are now set right to 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 meet people's expectations like we don't want to deliver half-ass either because we could be another one of those pages that doesn't make a cool thumbnail or that doesn't yeah. um you know all these little things that we have to take into account in and, everything we do and also 
I think that it's very important to consider the fact that there are people who dedicate their time and create professions, for example, out of like out of creating clips and just one minute videos for creators Mm -hmm. because we've received like DMS from people offering to um, freelance the creation of, you know, highlights and just reels and TikToks for us. And so like that in of itself is like a whole ass job. Yeah. And then if you think about creating thumbnails, like there are people who just their whole profession is creating thumbnails for 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 YouTubers and people and people pay them to create those thumbnails. And and we do that ourselves. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think that we create great thumbnails because our videos on YouTube usually perform well. And so like we do everything very well, but to in order to do everything very well, it takes time. Mm-hmm. And it, and it also produces a crazy amount of anxiety because just like you said, like if I'm making a point that I think will be a great hit on on reels and TikTok, then I have to make sure that I get that point across very quickly, very clearly and very concisely. You know, I can't start like going in circles and then coming back to that thought. I have to really think about it in a way and then execute it in a way so that it performs in a way that I want it to perform. So it's just like a lot. It's just a lot, a lot, a lot, which I feel like people who are already established, like like Joe Rogan, for example, he doesn't worry about that as much anymore because he's not competing for that attention on real and on TikTok, for example, because he's already well established. And so the only competition that he has is one that he led and established by himself. And so he'll post like highlights and clips from his podcast episode. But those videos are just unedited um, slots of a conversation. So it's usually like 10 minutes to like 20 minute conversations that he has had with his guests, but it's very organic. It's very slow pace. It's, it's very much like this conversation that we're having right now through audio, you know? Right. And I was going to say he's never, well, I don't know if about never, but he doesn't edit his own stuff either. No, of course not. And so that's a workload that you have, obviously uh, all of it is on, is mostly on you, you know? doing the editing like i feel like the most i've done is like posting you know the descriptions on youtube and whatnot but which is also a lot but to my point like that that already takes away like there's no like meticulous job aspect for him because he's just sitting down and speaking into a mic which is what we're doing now but he didn't like have to walk away afterwards and then go edit the podcast for three hours or four hours because of how long his episodes are you know and he also doesn't have to worry about branding exactly you know because like he has a whole team that is very specialized in in doing what they're doing and they do it extremely well and that's why he's at, at where like where he's at and so that's our goal actually is just to get to a point where all we have to worry about is just being creative mm-hmm. is just um showing up and just having and just basically using our brains to further this brand and and to further the show, further our ideas and our thoughts and everything else. But even, for example, even during this audio only episode, which the whole purpose of it is to reduce those anxieties and to just simplify it as much as we can. So so that like we have these raw conversations and then all we do is just export it, post it. And then that's it. Like minimum, like actually no editing at all. And just like as we're talking is what you're getting but um i forgot where i was going with this 
Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But even but even during these episodes, for example, in the back of my mind, I'm still thinking about which part of this episode am I going to screen record in order to post on our Instagram stories right. that will be enticing enough to get people to like click on the show. So you have to really play that game of like marketing and branding because that's just a reality that we live in. People are competing for attention 24 right. seven. And so like, why should someone click on this episode? Unfortunately, you have to sell people all the time. And like that, like that's what gets exhausting to me is just this constant selling. It's like you have to sell it, sell, sell, sell. Right. And again, the only reason is because like this is our full time job. Right. And so it's what I said, like if this was a side hustle thing and we were doing it more so for fun and like shits and giggles then that that pressure wouldn't be on but because it's like our livelihood depends yeah. on this mental financial everything exactly then then the pressure is on like almost all the time right and i was also thinking right now like as we were speaking i was like what's the title for this one gonna exactly, be exactly <laughs> like, it's gonna be like about mental health is it gonna be about like creators like i'm already thinking what is it versus versus if we had a jamie for example just like joe rogan has a pull jamie, it up jamie pull it up jamie like if we had a jamie then we already trust him 100 percent to to know that he knows what he's doing so it's like oh i'm just gonna finish here and then i'm gonna go eat breakfast that my chef is gonna probably prepare or i i'll either go eat at like a good restaurant and have breakfast go shoot some bow and arrows go work out with my kettlebells yeah just like <laughs> go to my uh gym that i own you know my huge well-equipped private gym do some white tie do some kickboxing it, and like that's his life do sauna that i have a fucking sauna in my house infrared <laughs> sauna I, 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 ice, I have an ice bath ice plunge yeah yeah <laughs> it's like i have everything so you know like all i have to, but of course he worked hard to get to that point. no yeah but 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 that's why like now yeah. it's it, i'm sure the process is very seamless for him like the whole sitting down and right. you know but then again we don't know like what the process looks like and we won't know unless we're that person exactly like we don't know what booking looks like for him like oh what if someone missed their flight and now you know yeah now his schedule is thrown off or you you know like but i bet you that joe rogan is just at a point where he has like a bunch of people lined up already so if one person slips up yeah he's like ah no problem man everybody everybody else behind that person will more than be happy to like book in improv flight just right. to make it to the joe rogan experience you know for sure and he also has like a bunch of friends like he'll call up tom segura and say like hey man my guest f flopped out on me uh would you mind just you know like coming in or whatever to like do a show and then that's it and he definitely does like his research and stuff beforehand a little bit too because yeah. there's no way joe rogan you know knows exactly what to ask guests no, 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 and no, no, you no. know what i mean like he he, he said does, that. right yeah yeah he said that he does like a lot of preparation before every guest and that if a guest has like a book and he can fit that book into reading um into his schedule before the date of that interview then he'll do that he'll consume the audiobook he said but he does like thorough research so that he's prepared mm -hmm. you know but the but his genius is that he makes it seem like it's just a casual conversation right that's the genius of joe rogan is that he's hyper like he's one of the most prepared people and he has a great memory he has like a photo memory like killed photographic yeah yeah 
but he'll make it seem like everything's just organic. It's just two guys or a guy and a woman just having a conversation, you know? Yeah, that that is true for sure. Like it never feels like, oh, like the like you can't even tell for them that the camera's rolling on them. Yeah. Like they're which just is supernatural. What, which is what we hope or I hope that we've are able to accomplish, you know, because like our goal too is to drop quote unquote knowledge, I guess, as cringy as that is to say, but also making it very palpable and just making it organic where you guys realize that we are in fact two people who date and and who who are together and who are just creating this thing and but we also mix in certain things that just make us who we are you know Mm -hmm. instead of trying to be like news reporters and just being like justin you know like this and kanye kanye west is missing legal team announces through newspaper that they are you know and if you could tell by these conversations, we don't we don't talk like I've I've seen some podcasters or like other creators do where they're like, no way. Yeah. Like when you no way, when fam. you told me about the chemtrails, I could have been like, no way, really? They're yeah. doing that? Oh my god! It's like super animated, super high pitched. You know, super. Yeah. We're character. just talking like two people would talk in like during the interval between classes in a high school you know yeah or in a college it's just like normal people chilling in like a a room together just like talking i think the difference obviously between like us and joe rogan for example is that we address the people that are listening Mm. you know what i mean it's not like me and Callie are just having this conversation by ourselves and and we're only speaking to each other. Yeah, we're like, also trying to include you guys in exactly. the conversation. Exactly. We yeah. always like we're always like if anything we're more so not even talking to each other but talking to right. the audience like 99% of the time. That's how I always um approach like everything we do, I always try to include you guys into the conversation. Even if you guys may sound vague and may sound not as genuine as maybe it would sound if I was addressing a specific person, but I'm trying my best to like include everybody into the conversation. So if you're listening to this right now, just know that in a weird sense, I am accounting for you who is listening, you know, like I'm trying to count for your presence in this conversation mm-hmm. as best as I can. So like maybe I don't do it 100% because I know that that's impossible, but maybe I did it for you specifically, 30%. And maybe for you, I did it 50%. And maybe for you, I did 70%. Yeah. And maybe for you, like certain parts was 100%, but then certain parts were like, ugh. Mm -hmm. You know, but... As long as some part of it speaks to you, but but that's the point. Like, that's what we do. Like, we're not just sitting here. This is like completely different a little bit from how we talk to each other outside of this yeah, you know yeah, it is like we <laughs> yeah. first of all i use a baby voice like 90 percent. yeah us. which is not annoying at all <laughs> thank you baby thank you baby anyways but you you guys won't get that yet that's yeah. that's exclusive content that's exclusive on patreon <laughs> by the way if you guys want to sign up for patreon that's exclusive soon though maybe we'll do i'll do like a whole episode where i talk in my uh, little baby voice then we're gonna lose all of our <laughs> our followers and supporters everybody's gonna be like oh what the fuck is this <laughs> this show's on a fucking decline dude 
All right, guys. All right. So with that being said, guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for letting us enter your earlobes. And you know what time it is. It's always at the end of these episodes. Oh, yeah. She's like almost climbing on top of the chair. Like, like she's almost standing on top of it because she's trying to hold her pee in. <laughs> so with that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, don't forget that it's never wrong. To be mentally gone and to pee when you need to. Yeah. Peace to the world. Peace to the world. Bye. <laughs>